Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Tiger Shulman Smithtown Podcast. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's in Smithtown. I am once again back in my, rec- my home recording space, ready to give you guys a follow-up idea on the thought that we talked about last week. So, just as a reminder, in case you skipped last week's episode, I don't know why you would have, though. If, if you did skip it, go back and listen to it. But again, just a brief very brief overview we talked about humility and why martial arts breeds it so well obvious obviously humility is uh, being free from an overwhelming sense of pride but instead being humble uh, in your beliefs about yourself and the reasons that I believe that martial arts build it on a person is how quickly your ego gets checked right from your conditioning to your coordination to eventually your skills against another person. Now, to that end, the opposite of humility is what I want to talk about this week. Pride. So, now, when we think of pride, or at least when I think of pride, I think of two different types of pride. I think about, when I think of pride in one sense, I think about the negative sense, the false bravado, the person who has to pump their chest up and let everybody know how tough and strong they are and how great they are and you know every the, the whole world should be worshiping at the altar of them and that's one extreme the other extreme is the pride that you earned right having a deep feeling of pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. So, the unfortunate thing is, I think depending on the martial arts school, either one of those things could happen. How? Well, I think it really depends on the training. Let let me illustrate my point a little bit here. So, there is a section of martial arts and, you know, I'm not going to call them out because I don't think that's necessarily the right thing to do in terms of, like, what schools or what arts do this. But there's certain subsections of martial arts, certain specific arts, where no matter how long a practitioner practices them, there's never contact. There's never an actual punch or actual kick being thrown at you that you actually have to defend. The unfortunate thing with a lot of schools like that is there's, they're also what we kind of refer to in the martial arts world as belt factories, where every three months there is a testing. And at that testing, you plunk uh, your, your money down on the table, uh, your check or whatever, for whatever the fee is to take that test. And then regardless of what happens at that testing, you walk out with a new belt. So what happens is you wind up in you know just a few months, just a few years, with someone wearing a reasonably high belt. Maybe they're not wearing a beginner belt anymore because every three months they've gotten a new one. So, to that end, now they're wearing this high belt. But really, in reality, what have they done to earn that belt? What is that belt really worth? Well, it's worth exactly how much they paid for it. Whatever the testing fee was, that's what that belt's worth. 
Obviously, I don't believe in that. But what happens so often when you breed people in a system like that, where there is no real contact, where there isn't real learning of self-defense. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think you need to be fight clubbing to learn how to defend yourself. But once you're past a beginner level, you have to learn how to defend punches and kicks that are coming at you. You know, in my beginner level, there isn't contact. But beyond that, there is. Why? Because that's where self-defense happens. Self-defense isn't just offensive. Don't get me wrong. It would be absolutely, positively wonderful if we never got, even in a self-defense situation, the person never even got a punch or kick off and we did all the punching and kicking. That would be ideal, but it's not very realistic. That person might very well punch or kick. I digress. So, to that end, when you constantly give someone reinforcement and tell them how strong and how tough they are without actually making them do anything to earn it, you create this false bravado. You create this false strength. It was funny. There was a school in the town that I grew up in, or close to the town that I grew up in. And it was funny because I went, I was kind of close with a kid who went there for a number of years. And I believe he even went on to become a black belt there, if I remember correctly. But uh, I digress. He was the only person I had interacted with ever that went to that school. And he was, for lack of a better word, he was just kind of pompous. You know, he kind of walked around like, you know, who he was, like he was the, you know, the strongest, toughest guy in the world, that he was deserving of everybody's fear, admiration, and this, that, and the other. And, I mean, frankly, he was kind of disheveled. He was always overweight. Uh, he never looked athletic in gym class. He was never the guy that you were like, wow, I want him on my team. There was nothing about him that screamed like, wow, I am a tough individual. But he did a lot of talking like he was a tough individual. He did a lot of um, barking, for lack of a better word. A lot of posturing about how tough he was. And, you know, at first I thought it was him. You know, he, he had uh, an interesting situation in his life that I wondered if, you know, maybe that interesting situation in his life um, affected how... You know, how it was, because obviously it was a traumatic situation. But nonetheless, um, I thought maybe just that had affected his personality. And that's what made him the way he was. But later on, several years later, I uh, after meeting this guy, that is, I met another guy who went to that school who was also like a brown or black belt. And man, if, if these two guys weren't exactly alike, like exactly alike same personalities the same bravado the same tough guy attitude the same like wanting to talk about how tough they were the same projection of toughness exactly the same it was at that point that i realized what it was that these guys they they weren't learning anything of substance they weren't learning, like, you know, re really good stuff. They weren't really confident in their skills. They weren't. Um, because when you are really confident in your skills, you don't need to sit there and talk about it. 
Instead, this prideful nature, this uh, false bravado, became their norm. It became who they were as a person. And it's so unfortunate because it kind of gives martial arts a bad name. You know, I, I remember Tiger telling me a story from years ago when I said Tiger, Tiger Shulman, uh, head of Tiger Shulman's. I remember him telling a story of uh, him being in like a high school shop class or something like that. And at that point, he had been in martial arts for a good, you know, uh, like five, eight years. And in the shop class, there was like a thing where like the upperclassmen were like taking a lot of the lower classmen and they were throwing them in this like slop sink or mop sink, whatever. There's big like thing that where they would get wet. And somebody, <laughs> you know, they'd done it to all the lower classmen except for Tiger. And one, one of the guys looks at the other guys in the group, the upperclassmen, and he goes, you know, how come we never threw Shulman in there? And Tiger kind of looks at him and he goes, you know why. And that was as tough guy as he had to get. And it never got any tougher than that. Magically, the kids never tried. There's a person really confident in what he knows. Right? And he was able to carry himself with confidence, but not with that overt prideful nature. In my opinion, that's just someone who's very insecure. Anybody who's got to boast and talk about how tough they are, or how strong they are, or how great they are, they don't really feel that way. That's just them trying to convince themselves primarily and everybody else secondarily. See, it's funny. The people I found who really are like, you know, who really do think that they're God's gift to everybody or whatever, I, I think I said this last week, the people who really think like that, in my opinion, the ones I've interacted with, the ones who once I've seen beyond the curtain and I kind of know who they are as a person, once I've seen those people, I realize they're the ones who talk the most game about being the most humble, about, you know, being the most down to earth. But they're also, because they say this, they're also the most, uh, they're really the most prideful. They're really the most arrogant. So let's now shift gears from that bad type of prideful to the better type of prideful. See, I think martial artists, when I think of martial artists, I think of people who set and achieve goals. I think that's a tremendous thing. Now, that's one of the beauties that martial arts lends itself to. Because you don't even have to re really officially sit down and like write down on paper goals for yourself in the very beginning. Don't get me wrong, I'm a believer in that. I've talked about that many times in the past, the value of writing down your goals and setting calendars, all that. I, you know I believe in that. If not, go back, listen to earlier episodes, and you'll hear how much I believe in that, and you'll hear uh, what I think a person should do in terms of goal setting. But just by its very nature, like, people come to the class at first, and as they come to the class, r almost right away, you'll see the people who, who are like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, you know, one more push-up today, or, you know, I'm going to set a pace just a little bit higher, or I'm, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do this. Just naturally by the nature of the class. You know, I've been working on this one thing, like keeping my hand in position while I throw the other hand. You know, naturally by learning technique, you're going to set and achieve goals. And the beautiful thing is, since that's built already into the system of learning martial arts, it lends itself to the right type of pride. Where you can have pride in your technique. 
funny aside here that that I, I think is a perfect example. So Mrs. Sensei, obviously she trains. She's sidelined right now with a little bit of a knee injury, but uh, nonetheless she trains. And right now, uh, he's in the other room, otherwise I would make him come and say hello. Our nephew is visiting from Colorado. Actually, today happens to be his birthday. So, uh, nonetheless, he's out here visiting for his birthday. And um, when he's been coming to classes at the school while he's visiting. And the other day he was there with Mrs. Sensei. And one of the techniques that she prides herself in that she knows she's very good at and she feels very strong with is her round kick. And while she's, you know, she's trying to teach Kai after the class, come on, let's, let's, let's work on your round kick a little bit. Let's get it a little bit better. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's like trying to be really strong and stuff because he's a decently athletic kid. And uh, he <laughs> picks up the big old kick pad and he says to her, he goes, all right, come on, let's see your round kick. And she goes, are you sure? And she goes, all right, well, I'm going to go really light at first. And then she did. And he like jostled around <laughs> a good couple of feet but she holds real she's like all right now now it was my turn to hold the pad for i held the pad for her and she let it go and just boom just kicked as hard as she could with that little butt with that needed a little bit bothersome right now and absolutely smashing it and she holds a lot of pride in that technique like she'll show that one off in front of people if she's like trying to talk about kickboxing to people or talk about martial arts to people that's the technique she'll show because that's what she holds pride in. She worked hard to get it really good. It was not something that came natural to her. Despite being a very athletic person, a round kick did not come easily to her. So because she worked hard and because she got good at it, she carries herself with a sense of pride about that. Now, again, th there's one such example of the pride that a person takes in the natural achievements of martial arts. And when I say natural, I mean the things you don't even have to think about things that are just inherent in the learning of the physical skills. And obviously it goes beyond that because if you're in a good school, a school where rank means something, it's not just, okay, it's been three months, I need a check, give me the check, here's your belt. Those kind of schools like I talked about before. If you're in a good school where some work had to come from something, where there had to be some effort to earn that rank, when you're in a school like that, then the rank means something. And again, it's something we can draw pride from. I'll give you guys an example. A couple of weeks ago, uh, you guys might remember John from one of the earlier episodes who had injured his shoulder. If you don't remember, he was one of the early interviews I did in like the first 10 episodes or so. And uh, he had hurt his shoulder at work. And he had just gotten back to training right before COVID hit. And he was, you know, on a good path. He was starting to get himself back in shape because obviously being injured, uh, being a little down about being injured and so forth, he uh, gained some weight and got himself out of shape a little bit. So he was just starting to do the work to get the weight off. And then COVID hit. And COVID knocked him for a loop uh, in terms of knocking him off course of training. And he w didn't have the capability or the space or whatever to be able to train on Zoom. So he opted just to not train for that period of time. And when he came back, he you know, kind of handed me his belt, and he was like, Sensei, I don't deserve to wear this right now. You know, I'm not in the shape that I should be. My skills aren't where they should be. I don't deserve to be. It would be an insult to the other people wearing this rank if I wore this rank right now. So uh, 
whenever someone does something as noble as that, my game plan is I don't give that person that same belt back. To me, that's just not, that, that's indicative of someone who's looking to be a better person, who's looking to be a, a more skilled martial artist, who's looking to be better. So, when I with the way I treat that person is like they're testing for the next belt. I right away start I start them moving in that direction to the next belt. Even um, you know I, as they they get closer and closer and closer, I'm pushing them more towards that next rank. So John was exactly such a case. I was pushing him and pushing him and pushing him towards his next rank, and just recently he he achieved it. And I could see how much that belt meant to him. You know, he, he hugged me like three times, four times after, before leaving the school that night. And he was just so thankful for the recognition of his hard work. He had real pride in that achievement. That rank meant something to him because of the hard work goes in that went into it. And that's the thing. What makes an achievement worthwhile? And the answer is simple. How much hard work you put into it. If it wasn't for the hard work, then all of that's not doesn't mean anything right it, uh, uh, or an achievement that comes from no work at all is barely an achievement to speak of so to that end that's n again not the only type of goal that happens in martial arts those are just the inherent ones the ones that everybody goes through but then there are the ones that the people set for themselves the person who wants to lose 20 or 30 pounds the person who wants to get their blood pressure way down. The person who wants to do any number of these other things that are ancillary benefits. That are all the things that come with martial arts training. Those are the goals they set for themselves. But again, those are goals that they can have pride in. Because you don't lose 30 pounds by accident. You don't lose 30 pounds <laughs> by not trying. You lose 30 pounds by putting work into it, by being strict with your nutrition, by putting hard work in physically. That's the thing that makes that goal work. You don't get there otherwise. And as a result of the hard work that went into that goal, just like John and his rank, when you put that hard work in, it leaves you with a good sense of pride, an earned sense of pride. Every one of your achievements in your life does that. It boosts your self-image just a little bit. It raises that confidence just a little bit. Beautiful. You're doing exactly the right thing then. You're allowing yourself to feel the emotional reward for your hard work. Because that's the thing. Some hard work has other rewards, right? You work really, really hard at your career. You advance in your career whether that means advancing in position or pay or whatever whatever else, and you have that outward um, reward for your hard work. Additionally, there are other things like having the actual project done, like if you're going to build a deck on your house. Having the actual deck done, there's the reward built right in. Others, they are their own reward just by getting to the finish line that, you know, they're right there for you, like those 30 pounds, like having your blood pressure reduced. It's not like every day when your blood pressure is reduced, you're taking your blood pressure and be like, oh, look how much lower my blood pressure is. But you're feeling it, and you know that that's knocked out. You know, I've had several people who were on blood pressure medication, 
And one of their goals when they started training was to get off of it. And that's exactly what they were able to do. And they hold real pride in that. In knowing that those, those pills, that those, that bottle of pills is long since gone. To me, that's tremendous. That's someone who put hard work into a goal and was able to achieve it. So when I talk about pride, like I said earlier, I'm thinking two extremes. But the one that I always think is the more important one, the one that I think is only should concern ourselves with, is the real kind, the earned kind. Because when someone really earns their sense of pride, they don't need to prove that pride to anybody else, and no one else can really chip away at it. They can just keep adding to it and carrying themselves that stronger way. So that's what I want you to focus on this week. Do the things that can help you build your pride. So that's all I have for you guys this week. As always, you can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at sensei underscore leonelli. You can find me on Facebook. I'm Sensei James Leonelli. You can find my school online at tsksmithtown.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tiger Shulman Smithtown. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at tsmma underscore Smithtown. Find the podcast on Instagram at tssmithtownpodcast. Please make sure to like the, uh, the podcast on whatever app you listen to it. Make sure you subscribe so you get new episodes every Wednesday. Please share the podcast and most importantly, review. All these things are just going to help our community grow so we can talk to more and more people. Make sure you're following me on social media because I do occasionally throw things out for the podcast, questions that I have for you and so forth. So definitely make sure that you guys are listening, uh, you guys are following there. Other than that, guys, for more information on the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole, go to tsk.com. And until next time, I'll see you guys on the map.